Hello and welcome to Public Access America. This is just the tip. Office of Senator Marco Rubio is not available to take your call. Go go to their Twitter page. There's a link for every politician and you click on that and it shows you issues. And all you have to do is read the issues that they think they're they're there. And it also has a phone number on the bottom or a contact. It has to officially if it's on a public Twitter candidate and you can call them <laughs> yeah. like I, I saved marco rubio's number right there i can call him and ask him how he feels about any number of things and i think we need to do that because republicans the right are louder because they're calling they're telling their representatives this is what we want and if a hundred people call a million times that sounds like more than a hundred thousand people calling half the time you know what i mean just the tip It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because that is how it works. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority, creative minority, creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Hi, how are you? Well, hey, hey everybody, welcome back to Public Access America. My name is Jason, his name is Jeffrey, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> That's a lie. How are you doing? Well, my first my first thing in the note is what's top of mind uh, for Jeffrey. So, huh. I don't know, so it can go any direction, but I'll tell you, then this note is full of stuff. I Juicy. figured as much. I mean, you know, I, I took a week off and, uh-huh. you know, decided to do something constructive while the Supreme Court did plenty of things that were right. destructive. That the earth, the earth shook. Yeah. So, but I had Adam here for that, which was actually kind of interesting, uh, an interesting perspective because we're two guys and you and I are two guys, so we can only go too far into it, but Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Supreme, is that what's top of mind for you? Because they made a bunch of decisions and I was oh, going to yeah. leave it up to you to pick and choose which ones you wanted yeah, to address. Yeah, there's a ton of decisions and, and definitely yeah. worth going through. Um, but, you know, top of mind for me really is, is that, you know, Debbie is currently, um, you know, uh, lying in bed after having uh, PRK surgery on, on their eyes. Oh, no. No, it's it like to so that way they can actually see without you know uh, having to wear glasses and all that. Oh, okay. So more no, like no, no. laser surgery. It is. It is. It's okay. a it's a it's a type of laser surgery. It's just okay. it's not LASIK like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit it's a little bit rougher, a little bit uh, longer turnaround time. But hopefully, uh, after this is all said and done, Debbie will be actually be able to see perfectly well after. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Um, and, and of course, you know, you know, being, you know, having ADHD and, you know, just having something heavy on your face all the time, stuff we've talked yeah. about, it's just, you know, it's, it's real hard to, it, it's hard to constantly have to focus when you yes. have so many things happening on your face all at once. So mm-hmm. I, I, I went through seven eye surgeries and I had eye patches and, you know, eyelashes and swollen eyes. And the only thing that helped was Tylenol 4. Because yep. it knocked me out enough to where I wasn't opening and closing my eyes or paying attention to it. I was just sleeping. Yeah, and and, and uh, Debbie's got gabapentin, so nerve blocker. Okay. And that just completely knocks him out. Yeah, good. That's the best thing to do is sleep through that. That's what my mom... My mom was an amputee, and she said she read so that she could sleep because sleep was the only time she wasn't in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, the pain... So, like, the... They were like, oh, the, you know, day, you know, day three is when it's the worst. Well, 
Debbie, you know, got the unfortunate, like the first two days were just fucking awful. Yesterday yeah. actually wasn't so bad. It was supposed to be the worst day, but it actually wasn't so bad. Okay. Debbie heals insanely fast from most things. So it's, it's pretty wild as it is. So we kind of figured that, you know, with any luck, Debbie would be like feeling miserable in the beginning mm-hmm. because they'd be healing super fast. And then, you know, it would really tamp down and that seems to be what's happened. Hell yeah. I'll run through any tunnel that has a light at the other end, you know? <laughs> at this point, you know, looking at a lot of those uh, lights at the end of tunnels, there's a lot of fucking freight trains that I seem to be running towards. Yeah, yeah, that is for sure, isn't it? Oh, God. Shit. All right, but you're doing okay? I'm, you know, I'm doing all right. It's, you know, even I'm doing some heavy-duty therapy stuff. I'm doing something, uh, I'm doing a, uh, a therapy called EMDR. Oh, tell me more. So brains are amazing computer-like things right mm-hmm. you know there's they are they are the most powerful computer that we have essentially um which is why everybody is so keen on trying to develop ais and neural networks and all that other fun stuff the human brain processes information at a rate that you know modern computing can't yet not right. unless you link together you know hundreds or even thousands of computing uh processors and modules but even then, it still doesn't quite do, the, you know, the way the brain does it. When you think about the amount of energy that it takes to run the brain, it doesn't take nearly as much energy as it does to run all of those computing systems. It's it's really wild when you think about it. Right. Now, EMDR. So EMDR, uh, let, me, let me get the uh, actual name out so that way everybody will know what it is. Yeah, I love the idea of a therapy. So... Uh, EMDR is called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Mm. So essentially what happens is this is the, this is the one Oh one version. Um, you dig into whatever it is you're needing to work on. Now for me personally, one of the things that I have always struggled with, um, is this idea that nobody wants me. And ah. I fucking spiral. Now, when I wasn't processing anything, um, I could silence a lot of that because I just would throw it in the back of my head and I wouldn't do anything with it. Problem is, is that as I've started to dig in and really started to work on a lot of the stuff that I've had to deal with, um, there's a lot of things that keep coming up and I can't get them to stop. Right. And the of closet, course the closet back there's all full now. The the closet no the closet is empty and it's oh. you know all the stuff that was you know leaned up and keeping that one really heavy thing from falling out of the closet all ah. that little stuff is cleared out and now that one thing wants to fall the fuck out. Gotcha. And and unfortunately it's just like I I'm not prepared to, I haven't been you know able to deal with it fully. Uh-huh. So with with EMDR, what happens is, is is that you start digging into you know the thing that you're going to work on, and you move your eyes kind of like a metronome, um, or you know there's different ways that they do this. There's auditory, there's visual, um, but essentially what you're doing is you're reprocessing these things, uh, and by using eye movements, you're actually able to work on this and dig into this a lot better interesting i like i'd like to know how that goes it's considered the big guns essentially without you know going into things like mdma or you know psilocybin Mm -hmm. therapy okay i always wonder how you know people they're always proud of their flaws but then they want somebody else to love them but they don't want to work on their flaws you know what i mean so how do how do you expect somebody to love you until you can love yourself or at least prove to them that you're on a journey to do that you know and that's been the tough part is, is that, uh-huh. you know, for me, I've had a lot of shit that, you know, uh, you know, essentially as I've been digging more and more into this, it's like, I really had a screwed up childhood in a lot of ways. And, you know, right. that's, yeah, uh, a lot of that has been a major struggle for me. Um, uh-huh. but I was able to just not deal with it for so long that, I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to expose it. I didn't have to confront it. I didn't have to do any number of things with it. Right. Because you're the problem solver. 
right? So you solve other people's problems, you work on other people's shit, you take care of other people, make sure they're fine, and then you'll work on yourself when everybody's fine, but nobody's ever fine. Exactly. And exactly. and and so, yeah, I never actually worked on any of that stuff. It right. was always Why so, would you? I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Well, mm -hmm. later keeps coming and it, and it never happens. Yeah. And, and so, you know, luckily through the pandemic, there was the decision that, you know, hey, I actually had decent insurance and, you know, it was time to actually start working on shit for a change. So yeah, I did. I felt the same way. So I'm glad you did, too. So, you know, of course, much with Debbie's um, insistence <laughs> as well. So it's it's definitely been a, a good thing to, to do. Uh, okay. But it's, you know, it's definitely been difficult. And, and I still struggle with trying to describe everything that's happening, you know, with it. Because, you know, even for me, it's like, you know, there's a lot of really boring stuff that leads up to this. It's, you know what I would consider the administrative side of things. It's like, nobody cares about the paperwork side of things. Nobody wants to hear me talk about. And then what we did was we, we discussed, uh, you know, all the different things that could happen. And then we discussed, you know, all the ways in which, you know, I could partake in the therapy. And then we discussed, you know, it's nobody right. wants to hear that part, at least, you know, in my mind, that's like that kind of stuff. I'd be like, no, I don't really care about the administrative. It's like, well, what's the meat and potatoes of this? Kind of. But if you want to tell people how therapy can affect them, then you want to let them know that you can, you're dipping your toe into the pool. Like you're not jumping cannonball into something unknown, but you're kind of taking steps that lead to the meat and potatoes. And that's kind of cool because you can always be like, Oh, I'm getting a bad vibe here or all right. I want to take the next step. So yeah, there's a yeah. process for it. Absolutely. And that's, and I think that's always, that's always been the difficult part for me is, is that my assessment like I've always kind of assessed things as, you know, this is what I would want to hear. And right. so that's like if I, I find, if I find all this other stuff boring, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> and, and, and other people happen to be very interested in that stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, and, and I guess that's uh, one of those other things that I've always struggled with is, you know, what level of, what level of depth people want to go into? Because a lot of the times, you know, for me growing up, it was always like, get to the point. Let's, what do you have? Let's hear oh, this. Yeah. I'm a you know, get it to was, the point kind of guy. You show it, me the finished product and then I'll decide whether I want to build something like it. You know? Right. Well, and most of my life was get to the point. So it's mm -hmm. like, I never got, I never got used to like going, you know, I wouldn't, I won't even say that the times that I did describe everything, I would actually get made fun of for going into detail about stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just I, like, I tend to over explain too, and it irritates people. But so how I did just, I get to the decision that I made? Here's right. the steps that it took. And yeah, people don't like that. So it's, uh, so it was one of those things like I, I, you know, I just got trained to, it's like, all right, just, you know, what was the thing here was the thing this yeah. happened, end of story. And everybody's like, Whoa, what the fuck? You know, Bullet points. Yeah. it's like, where's all this other stuff. And it's like, nobody's ever interested in that. So I don't really go into that stuff. It's like, when then somebody's like, well, I'm interested in it. And then I'm like, I've had, I've had 20 years of not explaining this kind of stuff because nobody right. ever wanted to hear it or I'd get made fun of for, for talking about it. And so I was just like, well, why the fuck do you want to hear that? Cause I don't really want to sit down and explain all of this and then get made fun of. Right. Or have somebody just dismiss it, you know, right. I mean? like get up and be like, okay, I'm going to grab a drink with no response. Right. Right. And so, it's, yeah. so there's, you know, and it, that's that's a lot of you know what i learned to do myself what i how i had to learn how to deal with things yeah and you know for better or worse that's just how i developed and and of course now it's like trying to unlearn all of that trying to learn how you know trying to learn how to ask or or understand how to how much detail people want or mm. things like that because you know even for me in the business world it's like nobody cares about you know the process exists in the background and until somebody has a question about the process it's well, what is going on what happened get to the point right you Bullet know points, it, right exactly it's like it's like if if there's something that piques somebody's interest then they'll be like hey can you describe that for me can you tell me can you give me details and mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah no i can give you details it's like okay let's you know what do you want to dig into <laughs> right i get it my mom taught me in debate to learn what the other person was saying because at some point you could switch the debate on them 
and argue their point and then they'd suddenly be on the defensive and conversation and i read the i read the republic you know and mm -hmm. i've learned these these ways to address conversations it's just people don't understand how to have a conversation anymore hey what do you do how much do you make you gonna have kids where do you live and it's like god that's such gross facts about me you know what i right. mean well and and on top of that it's like you know when I was younger, shit, I had so much to go into, you know, playing in a band, touring mm -hmm. school and all these wild things happening. And, and now it's like, well, what does my daily life look like? I get the kids ready to go to school. I get them mm -hmm. off to school. I eat breakfast. I feed the dog. I take the dog out to take a piss and a shit. I get mm -hmm. myself off to work, have, you know, take myself to the bathroom to take a piss and a shit. And, and then for eight hours, you know, for four hours, I'm dealing with emails. You know, this person needs this thing. This person needs that thing. This person has a question. This person doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Oh, hey, there's an emergency. Oh, I can't really talk about the emergencies because, you know, I'm contractually bound to not uh -huh. dive into certain things. That's just the way that it is, <clears throat> you know, and then I eat lunch or, you know, <laughs> I run home and I take the dog out to go piss and I eat lunch oh. and I give the dog a treat and make her do some tricks. And then, uh, I put her back in her cage. I go back and I do four more hours of answering questions and writing things and, and doing tasks. And then I, you know, say, whoo, that was a day. Yeah, that was a day. And then I come that home and then I make dinner and then everybody eats. And then I make sure the kids get their homework done, take the dog out after she eats for another piss and a shit. And by the time all of that's done, and then I got to get myself ready for bed, you know, uh -huh. so I got to take my meds, got to make the coffee. That's literally the rundown of my day. And that's your baseline. That's your ideal <clears throat> baseline. That's the problem. Yeah. And that's yeah. literally, that's literally my day five days a week. There's not a lot right. of depth that happens in my day. It's not like, oh, well, I'm dealing with, you know, this personal emergency or, Hey, I'm interacting with this person and they have all right. these, I, it's literally like, okay, this, 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 and mm -hmm. day, you know, yep. the most, the, you know, for me, the most interaction, like I really get most days is, you know, moments with the kids it's like hey one of the kids needed something or hey one Heck of the yeah. kids was struggling with something that was going on in the world or hey one of the kids just you know needed some extra attention so we just kind of sat there and we talked about x y and z and you know whatever <clears throat> that's yep. mostly like it you know i got i have this under you know my days you know aren't exciting like they were when i was you know 18 through 25 that's fine you know, and that's, and, and it's, it's just hard to describe that, you know, I, I, I went from very exciting to very boring and, well, and mm, that's okay yeah. because it's like, you know, I've had exciting, I've had a lot of exciting in my life. Right. You know, but here's the thing. Boring can choose exciting, but exciting can never be boring. You know what I mean? And life it's can't true. be a hundred percent exciting so i want a nice boring girl that's willing to go on a hike you know what i mean like let's pick the excitement that we want maybe we don't always want to be a level five drama queen you know so and that's just I, it you know but that, that took a long time to get used to you know right. the idea that i didn't have to like say yes to everything just to do everything you know just to be please people no i no i was on a i was on a podcast bottled up bitches and Oh, I lost. And I, she, they asked, are you in a relationship? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm self-involved right now. You know, mm -hmm. like all the wonderful things that I did for other people to avoid the things for myself are what I do for myself now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, and, and that's, I think absolutely fantastic. And, and I think that's just, that's one of those things about, you know, where I'm at right now is, is that, you know, part of me is boring because it's like, I legitimately don't have a whole lot of time. Right. And, you know, I'm pretty well beat by the end of that day because mm -hmm. that day that I just described starts at six o'clock in the morning. I, I and, get it. And by the time I am done with that day, it ends at 1030 at night. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, other people are like, oh, well, I sacrifice sleep for this and I sacrifice sleep for that. And I'm like, right. I had 10 years of sacrificing sleep because I didn't have a choice and right. the medication I was on completely fucked me up. So 
I've sacrificed my sleep. I've sacrificed a lot of sleep Mm -hmm. and it is real hard for me to sacrifice sleep unless there's something absolutely exciting to do. Um, Yeah. What is scope creeping on your mental well-being? Because you got to clear out that that circle, like we said a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, clear out your circle, stand in the center and make boundaries. Because right. what I learned is somebody will be like, Jason, I need your help. And I'll be like, oh, I can't. Is there anybody else? Come back to me if you can't find somebody else. And that's right. so much of a better, I, because then I get what I truly need. I can help with, you know what I mean? Right. And, yeah. and you know, the other part of being boring too, is, is that sometimes you're, you're, sometimes you're boring because you have to like, you know, mm-hmm. I have been focused on paying off my debts real right. hard. And, you know, for good reason, you know, unfortunately, like being exciting costs money, and especially with everything being fucking expensive right now, everything costs right. money. And so exciting might be that, hey, we're going to go out to the dinner, go out and have dinner on the pier. You know, that sounds lovely or, mm. you know, but it's not going to be like, hey, we're going to take a trip because I can't fucking afford it. <laughs> right. I you like know. dates. I like dates in the kitchen. Like let's, let's order Instacart. Let's <clears> hang out. Let's have a drink or two. We'll make something in the kitchen. You watch a movie right. and eat. And that's, that fits into my normal budget. And I like, I like that, you know, but how do you date day one doing boring? Like you can't, you know? Well, and that's, and that's always one of the tougher parts is, is that, you know, like, especially for people who don't know you, it's like, there has to be this element of excitement and, and right. it's like, I get it. You know, you have to, you have to meet, you know, there's always that element of excitement in, in some way, shape or form, but it's like the idea that, you know, we're going to be able to sustain, you know, all of these number <laughs> of things like, right. like that just isn't realistic, you know, for mm-hmm. most people that, you know, unless you're rich and then maybe you can. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. But for those of us who are, you know, six figures in debt because of houses and college and, you know, whatever else may have you, mm-hmm. like jet setting for two weeks isn't on the menu. Right. Fuck, jet setting for three days most of the time isn't even on the menu. And that includes one day of traveling, a day of being at the place and one day back. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I totally get it. It's a shame. And we can't even do acid because we don't have the time for it. That's what I tell people. I don't do acid anymore. Not because I don't like acid, but because it's a 12-hour ride that I just don't have time for. And, you know, the thing is, I understand what you're talking about, and that's what the world goes through. And Mm -hmm. I know that from the opposite perspective. I don't have kids. I don't have the job. And I don't have, like, the family and everything that you have and my day starts at 6 a.m., and I somehow never manage to have enough time to do what I need to do just for me. And so it always amazes me that there's people out there that can do it like you are, you know? And like the Filipinos that I, I was in a relationship with, they were twice as much. Like they had twice as much on their plates, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's amazing that people survive and and... They just, they put other people first mm-hmm. until they have a heart attack and then they leave everybody screwed. So take it, right. take care of yourself, Jeffrey. And you're, yeah. hey, Jeffrey, you're always wanted here. And, and that's, and that's, you know. You're always is, loved here. Just and so this is know. where like, you know, you know me as this person that is always like, not necessarily cold, but crazy mm-hmm. logical. Crazy logical me understands that what is happening over here is bullshit. Right. And it knows it logical me knows this, mm-hmm. but emotional me is like, yeah, fuck it. We're going down this rabbit hole. And it's like, I can't get it to stop unless I distract myself with something. Right. But here's the thing. Change your perspective on what that thought is and don't consider it you, but consider it a virus. And, um, and that's it's what a, I have. It's like a fish lens, abnormal vision of a thought that you had once that grew mm-hmm. into this virus. And the only solution is, is antibiotics and that's proactive, positive. Well, in this norm, case, normalization of it, you know in this I mean? case, in this case for me, it's, it's more like, uh, a change of thought perspective resistance strain and that's right and that's where the emdr comes in is is that you know what i have tried to do isn't working Mm -hmm. the only thing that i can do to get it to stop 
you know, and essentially it's not even stop. It's literally just, you know, to terminate the process is distract mm-hmm. myself with something else. And delete so that's, the file somehow, right? I, not even delete the file. It's like you, you managed to force close it for a little bit by opening up oh, another window. And, <laughs> and, 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 but that process is still there and it's still running in the background and I can't, you know, so I'm essentially having to use a heavy duty antivirus Right. Mental antivirus to fucking wipe this out is what's going to happen. A lot of times I think of my brain as an amusement park and then all of a sudden I feel anger and I'm like, oh, well, here's a roller coaster I got to get on. Or I'm feeling sad and I'm like, oh, how long is this ride going to (laughs) take? And so I was just telling my friend, I was like, sometimes I'm crabby, but it's not you. It's it's pain. (laughs) And I just am tired of pain without a solution. Like mm-hmm. I'm sitting here trying all these different things to make myself better. And sometimes overall it's working, but there's minor setbacks here and there when mm-hmm. I eat the wrong, like who knew corn flour would turn into fructose in your body? Everybody, obviously, except for me. So I had to deal with that and then eliminate mm-hmm. corn flour, but it, it's a process. I'm just, I get tired of the pain and sometimes I'm just not chasing, you know? Right. You know, yeah. and that's, and that's what's, that's, what's tough about all of this is, is that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, everybody moves at a different pace. Everybody understands something a little bit differently. Everybody's right. got their own perspective on it. And I get it. Like, you know, like for me, it's like, I have learned so many tools to deal with so many different things. Right. But this one is just like, it's, it's heavy duty. And mm-hmm. unfortunately the tools that I got, you know, they were they were wrenches and screwdrivers for something right. that needs a fucking breaker bar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tools only work for so long for certain things. Exactly. Yeah. And so and if you don't ha- if you don't have the space to figure that out, what tool to use for what you need, and that you need a tool at all, then it's really tough to admit you have a problem. You know. If you exactly. don't if you don't ha- give it the time and space to figure out what the problem is, so. And that's just a lot of, I mean, I wanted to, I, I wanted to start the show by telling people that are under 50, it gets worse. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you think you're in pain and having a rough time, just imagine that pain just always there now. Like so there's, there's one thing that I want to say, and I want to make sure that we get this information out as much as we can in the yeah, United yeah. States, starting on July 16th. There's a new three-digit number we all need to remember. 988. That, you know, that is going to be the new number for the National Suicide Hotline in the United States. So instead of actually having to remember the number, we're now going to have a fast track to it. 988. So I want to make sure that everybody knows this because we all know what 911 is. Uh Uh-huh this is no different it's it's an emergency but 988 for people who are struggling with suicidal thoughts and ideation who need help now um starting on july 16th we're going to have a shortcut to this i love that up until that you can use 741741 you can text that and you can get help we um every hour we do a tweet so on july 16th i'll switch that to represent what you just said because it's important Absolutely. We also do a bullying. Um, At the top of the hour, we do the the suicide hotline. And at the bottom of the hour, we do the bullying hotline, which just so happens to be the same thing. So Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. We did clean out our tweets for everybody that follows us on Twitter. We did slim down our auto tweets. And um, yeah, because we were pushing out a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But what I've been asking people to give us topics and stuff, you know what I mean? And we've really been getting that. Um, I just want to say hi to Pierre, the progressive. He's in Washington. Our calendars didn't line up, but I still think they're a Democrat worth paying attention to. They believe in transparency. They wanted to be on the show. And I like and I want to say thank you to Adam for being here last week because I can imagine saying yes and then all of a sudden finding out that the Supreme Court just turned over Roe v. Wade and being like, oh, I'm not that political guy, you know? Right. But so he we, did really he did he did really good straddling the line and he kept 
bringing me back to things that weren't political, and I love that about Adam, so thank you for doing mm-hmm. that. I want to say as well, um, you, didn't, you didn't record last Sunday, but two hours of Jeffrey and Jason and Kai came out on Unsubscribe. Nice. So check out Unsubscribe. And I did record with Bottled Up Bitches last week, and I don't know when that episode's coming out, but eh, I, I love that. I love the interaction with podcasts, you know. I oh, want to yeah. be on other podcasts. I saw some guys like, oh, I got to record solo. I was like, I'll be on your show. I don't care. <laughs> you know? Right. We need to support each other and be on each other's show. And Bottle Up Bitches, by the way, is about sexuality. And having, I like them because they have, they teach people how to have a conversation like we do. And they general generally speak about sexuality, but they want to know about your whole person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really amazing. So I support podcasts like that and audio punk. By the way, you remember the episode with Marco about the violinist and we talked about all that? That is now in our, after seven years, in our top 10 all time episodes. And it's still our most listened to episode right behind Outrage Sells Eyeballs. And food is a fuel that we use to achieve a goal. And I think it's amazing the stuff that is being picked up and listened to. And I just wanted to let you know that that people are awesome. paying attention not only to like our guest shows, but these shows. And mm-hmm. the um, and the other yeah, the violinist was just an amazing episode. I went back and listened to be like, why are people listening? And it did. Like I was like, hey, let's start talking about this abortion thing. And you were like, no, nah, we're gonna talk about uh euthanasia <laughs> i was like whoa but we covered a lot in that and marco mm-hmm. was so wise they're not available on sundays and we're not available on fridays so but i wanted to say marco and zach you know you guys are amazing and their 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 show broke my brain the last show i tried to mm-hmm. listen to but they put it back together for me so you know that's but that's a great thing about like shows like that is uh, mm-hmm. when you know, like, especially when we get Dan on and we just have these conversations that break people's brains, yes. you know, like when we get Karen on, who's, you know, heals people's brains, you know, yeah. it's these kind of shows are, you know, those kind of shows are great. And especially when we dig in on topics where it's like, what's the solution? Like, you mm-hmm. know, we're, you know, undoubtedly we're going to sit here and we're going to complain about a bunch of the rulings that have just taken place, but what's the solution? You know, right. and that's and that's where things are going to be real tough here for. And how does it affect people directly? We have a, we have a, something about the egg industry coming up later, and all I wanted to know was how does that affect people because they don't really care other other than that. And right. So we right. do a really good job with that. I want to just say really quickly, my top of mind was that, um, man, it seems like the one six committee is breaking through on Fox News and other right wing things and i just wanted to get your opinion if you thought it was having an effect i've watched every every session so um here's what i would say um i would say that it's it's having an effect on a lot of the republicans who are i would say committed to classical republican values or what i would consider classic republican values like yeah yeah, yeah. like like h i would say george w uh hw reagan that that style of of republic even nixon without the criminality mm, even nixon without the criminality uh I, I would say that i would say that for the the people who are not getting swallowed up in the outrage culture right uh it is having an effect okay. because i would say that you know one of the things that i i would absolutely complain about um what the one six committee has not done um is and and you know for what take this as what you will the problem the problem that we faced with trump is a problem that we could face with a democrat and that is somebody who does not believe in the peaceful transfer of power Uh that is that was reason number one for me as to why i i did not like trump is i did not believe that if he lost an election he would support a peaceful transition of power. Right. Um, And then Joe Biden, if he loses to Trump, might find Trump such the threat 
and the option there for Kamala to use it because, oh my God, we don't want Trump back in office. We would, we've got it. Yeah. I, I saw that too. And it's the same thing with the filibuster segue for a minute is that, yes, if we eliminate the filibuster, Mitch McConnell is licking his chops at everything he's going to fucking delete and add. So and that goes a scary thing. I don't want that. The 60, the 60 vote threshold got us through Trump. That's the only thing that saved us from a lot right. of his radical shit. And, and the other thing, too, is is that, you know, in, in terms of one of the Supreme Court rulings recently where they pushed back that the EPA couldn't just, you know, make decisions oh. and push. So, you know, one of the things like I have I have struggled with this and I and I continue to struggle with this. But the problem is, is, is that I think a lot of people on the left have not thought about this at all is, is that you want to push your stuff through. And I get it. I truly do. You know, mm -hmm. majority, majority rules. The problem is, is, is that you're assuming that that majority is constantly going to hold. Right. And that it doesn't, it truly doesn't. You can make, you know, you have, you know, there's going to be the, the Trump argument. Trump lost the popular election, but he won the electoral college. It's bullshit, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, is, is that the last time a Republican won a majority vote, George W. Bush in his second term, what do you think is going to happen, you know, as we move more towards an even split in this country, you know, you're going to have some more Democrats one time, you're going to have some more Republicans one time. And what you see with the EPA and all of these other federal agencies is, is that when the next, when the next uh, president gets into power, they appoint people that undo what the previous administration does. And they can right. do that unilaterally. And so what ends up happening with this EPA, you know, with this Supreme Court ruling in West Virginia v. the EPA is essentially it pushes it back to Congress saying, hey, if you want permanent change, you're the guys that have to do this. You can't be yeah. just dropping this off to the EPA because look what happened. Oh, Obama I, put I, all of this. Yeah. Obama put all of these different EPA protections in um, that we're going to hold through. Trump wins the presidency. He appoints somebody that starts pushing all of that back. And right. so this back and forth constantly because you're just changing administrations mm -hmm. is not effective. The and same we're paying thing for is, that. And the same thing is going to happen if you remove the filibuster. And that's the biggest problem that people don't think about. If you right. remove the filibuster, guess what? Yeah, you could absolutely get through and, and try and codify Roe v. Wade. Right. But guess what happens if the Republicans get a majority in the house and the Senate and the presidency, they're right. going to repeal it again. And that's one of the biggest problems is, is that, you know, where or chip where, away at it or make laws that chip away at it. And that's they're been really one of the biggest that. problems is, is, is that, you know, why, why this whole issue about cloture has been, you know, talked about at 60 votes, it becomes not impossible, but next to impossible to get something brought back up to be repealed. And that's been one of the biggest things that, you know, yeah. I got to give credit where credit's due. The Republicans are holding firm on because the thing is, is that if the Democrats get some of this stuff, like for example, you know, the gun violence legislation that just passed, right. If that had done a, been done on a simple majority vote and we had removed the filibuster, then when the Republicans I say when, not if, when the Republicans exactly. get House, Senate, and presidency again, they would just repeal that. Exactly. And so this is where it gets tough. It's like, I understand, like, I, there's so many things that I, I honestly believe need to get done. Mm -hmm. But if every single presidency and administration and Congress is going to be just undoing what the last guy did, mm -hmm. we're in for a real shit show. You, well, you don't think government's effective now wait until all it's doing is just repealing what the last guy did i, I i'll go back to three simple set stats that answer that question and it's 20 22 percent republican 33 percent democrat 45 percent independent we're trying to fit three parties in a two-party system mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's not working so a majority of Neither party can get a majority with 33% or 22%. You have to try and get how much more? 17% more independent or Republican votes. And mm -hmm. that's the difficult thing because we want to we want to be moderate. We don't want to build back better. We want to analyze the solution, decide if that's the right solution, and go with it. You know what I mean?
Right. That's the issue is I'm an independent. Nobody's speaking to me about the things that we talk about. I don't see them talking about the struggles that we face. I see them talking about national things. Yep. And what I was telling Adam about was there's a strip, there's a strip of the media and politics and activism and orgs and the Federalist Societies and all that stuff. It's a strip of the media. And what it does is it says, hey, we're important. We're important. And they say it loud enough to the rest of the 99%. They're like, oh, you are? And then we're thinking they're important. But the truth is, is we're really hurting ourselves just to prove that they're important. We're paying $250 million to something that didn't exist so that Trump could be rich. Yep. Like, and this, you know, like the other thing was I've heard Democrats complain about this. The minute Roe v. Wade was overturned, people got mail bombed by every representative imaginable asking for donations because Democrats think we can advocate our way out of this. And it's like, you, how do you, how do you expect us to deal with inflation and donation? Like one of those two has to give, I got to eat, I got to pay my rent. And guess what? Nobody's helping me with this issue, you know? And then you, then you run into the other issue, which is, is, is that, you know, on the right, there's been this whole debate of, well, Democrats have had multiple chances to codify Roe v. Wade. So uh -huh. I actually took a look back to see when the last time was that the Democrats held enough of a majority in both the house and the Senate and the presidency to codify Roe v. Wade. And you want to know when the last time was? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. The late 70s. Wow. Okay. The late 70s was the last time that the, the Democrats held enough House seats, Senate seats, and the presidency and could have codified Roe v. Wade into law. That was okay. the last time. And so the, and that was the thing is, is that, I mean, you can maybe blame the Carter administration for this, but the question at the time would have really been is like, you know, would it, would it have been seen as necessary to try and codify Roe v. Wade? Yeah. Was it even something that we need that we were still working on the ERA at the time thinking that those two things would solve the world. Right. Right. And like Republicans got mad about uh, the welfare system, social security being created. That's when the division started, you know? So, so, so realistically, like, you know, I would say that if, if, if people wanted want Roe v. Wade to be codified into law, mm -hmm. the real answer is, is that people are going to have to vote for Democrats and they're going to have to swallow their pride and they're going to have to yeah. swallow their ideals to pass one thing because that's what Republicans do. Right. They, they swallow, they swallow, I mean, for better or worse, they'll swallow their morals to get uh -huh. their guy elected and and they will die on that fucking hill for that and that's the yeah. you know there are more people who vote democrat yes there always have been and when democrats do real shitty work it's not that democrats lose it's that democrats right. stay home and they don't vote that's what i adam said it's about time to have a po protest it's time to protest again i said no what's going to happen is indifference people are going to learn to work under the system and around the system because the system is oppressive and and taking them out of it and mm -hmm. we're just not going to vote but we're also not going to pay taxes and show you an income that's that you know you can see we're going to find loopholes and ways around what you do until you include everybody so yep I and i you know like somebody said Promise me you'll never vote for a Republican again. I was like, never's a long time. Ideally, I want the best and most informed person representing me. But right now it's security and safety. And the only person that can guarantee that to me is a Democrat. And that sucks. But that's what it is right now. But yep. I want people to vote informed. If you think Democrats are assholes, then go ahead and learn about them. Mm -hmm. I do when it comes to Republicans, right? Uh, Tiffany yep. Smiley. I was like, who's Tiffany Smiley? And I, I learned her enough to realize she was a Republican. I could support if she was um, to win. And so if Democrats are bad, if you think they don't value the same things you value, then research them. Go, go right. to their Twitter page. There's a link for every politician and you click on that and it shows you issues and all you have to do is read the issues that they think they're they're there and it also has the phone number on the bottom or a contact it has to officially if it's on a public twitter 
candidate and you can call them. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I saved Marco Rubio's number right there. I can call him and ask him how he feels about any number of things. And I think we need to do that because Republicans, the right are louder because they're calling, they're telling their representatives, this is what we want. And if a hundred people call a million times, that sounds like more than a hundred thousand people calling half the time. You know what I mean? And right. so we just don't do that. We don't call Tim or uh, Rick Scott and say, you're an idiot. You know what I mean? But there's other people calling him going right on. And that's the issue We're, we call, we support Democrats because we think they're going to help us, but we don't tell the other side that they're wrong. You know? Well, and, and then you, one of the other things you also have too, is, is that, you know, what, you know, what both of these parties do is mm -hmm. they have these great big rallies with their supporters to make themselves feel good, but they never have a town hall with the people who right. don't support them to find out what they're thinking, what they're feeling and figure out how to, how to, I would say, cooperate, how to compromise, mm -hmm. you know, because the problem is, is, is that, you know, we've gotten to the point in our representation is, is that we represent the people who vote for us and tell the other ones to fuck off realistically speaking kind of we we represent the people that get our attention you you'll never convince me that aoc or um uh katie, katie porter katie porter or any number of them really care about representing the republican wing of of their districts and that's and, and that's and the reason i say that is because they're not going to be out there listening, going, you know what, we should probably look at, you know, what's the best compromise. They're like, their answer is, is that I'm pushing my agenda, my party's, you know, my party doesn't even push the agenda that I want. Right. So I'm going to push my thing and my thing only and compromise be damned. And guess what? That's how we end up with this constant back and forth swing. Everybody wants immediate, mm -hmm. massive change. And I right. understand it. I really do. I truly do. I would love it if we were off of fucking fossil fuels and on renewable energy. But the problem is, is that when you just force massive changes without trying to walk the change there, what you end up doing is, is like you force a distance and then you fall backwards a bunch. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and it's no different when you only represent part of your, your constituency and tell the rest to eat dick. Hmm. And, and Katie, and, I, I want to say real quick, Katie Porter was a bad example because her district just combined with another district, which is orange County, which is entirely Republican. <laughs> so she has been actually trying to compromise and work on both sides. And when you're a technocrat, it doesn't matter what your party is. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like. AOC is obviously political. She studied politics. She studied activism, mm -hmm. and then she became a politician, which is fine. But there's other people that are just there for the numbers. They're just right. the accountants, the lawyers, like the boring people that just want to serve and make right. sure the numbers are right. And that's and, most of them. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. Like, I do believe that, you know, every party needs to have that, you know, that person that pushes things to you know, I do to too. a certain point. But the problem is, is, is that that push becomes, I mean, that push really just becomes empty to one side when their voice mm -hmm. isn't included, which right. is why you, which is why people like AOC have such a staunch backlash to just about anything that they say. Right. It's not because it's, you know, it's not because they aren't right on certain things. I mean, they, you know, it's that, even if they are right, they are just getting absolutely shit hammered yeah. because you don't deserve the satisfaction of being right, right when you're an ass. For example, right? like I, when it comes to the Green New Deal, you know, I don't disagree with the end goal. I truly don't. It was I think an outline. I think I think that you know the countries that are seeing the less, the least inflation, as mm. we're coming to find out, are the countries that have you know, actually diversified their energy portfolio the most. Yeah, right. And we haven't done that, at least not as aggressively as we probably should have been. Yeah, and I don't know why. 
It's this it's this point because Democrats came up with it. Republicans have to be opposed to it. But Republicans are about business and money and green energy is this new market that we created. We energy out of isn't no, even out a of, new market. Like, That's the thing. Out, of, out of nothing, we just said, Hey, let's do this, right? Like mm -hmm. we did with the windmills on farms. Those things mm -hmm. generated electricity, right? Mm -hmm. And we thought to ourselves, let's do that. And and Holland, right? And we started taking ideas from each other on how to do it better, but we could nail that market. Yeah, that's but, but that's one of those Republicans say no. It's it's a worthless market. Well, and the know? problem is, is that Republicans say no not because they don't see the importance of the business side of it. It's it's because of the methodology that Democrats use. Democrats oh. use this idea of well, if we just take more tax money and we just give it to these businesses, and the Republicans right. go no because consistently what you end up having is the government takes a bunch of tax money they give it to a bunch of businesses who then go out of business you saw that in during yep. the obama administration with one of the solar companies that you know the federal government invested in and then they fucking close their doors a year later or you invest in somebody like elon musk and he becomes a giant douche that doesn't fucking pay back the subsidies that he used because he doesn't feel he what, has to he just builds a rocket and asks for more subsidies or what you do is you say, what is the American value? Energy diversity. Yeah. You can let yeah. you can let states decide what that diversity looks like. Places mm -hmm. like the West Coast, it's gonna look like more wind, more solar, more hydro. Mm. In places like say Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, places like that, they might say, you know what? You know, solar. We don't have a lot of trees out here because we're in the fucking plains. That sounds great. Wind, eastern Montana, uh, Wyoming. Lots of fucking wind. Boom. But what about places that, you know, don't necessarily have, you know, as much wind? You got places like Wyoming that are saying, you know what? Fuck it. Let's set up a nuclear plant. Let's actually yeah. provide power. You know, let's create it right and design it right. And correct. so that it's safe and effective and use the latest thorium technologies to reduce the adverse effects. Exactly. And so, you know, and then you have to ask the question, how do we get there? Once again, there's going to be people that go, well, if we just take more tax money as if the American people aren't, you know, getting taxed a whole bunch as it is, mm -hmm. or what you could do is you could say, you know what, for, for all of these big companies that want to become big energy companies, we're going to have a tax holiday for the next 10 years for you to R and D develop, implement, build, and turn operational all of these different ideas. Yeah. Why? Because it will cost them less to invest in all of these technologies. They'll be able to use proven technologies, not try and create uh, newer or riskier technologies, especially in the case of nuclear. Um, but they'll be able to do this in such a way that it actually reduces their economic burden of trying to set these things up. And then guess what you get? You actually get diversification. That's the thing is, is that if you uh, want to get to green energy, there's a compromise that you have to build in. And that uh, compromise has to not just be do it my way. Well, how does, how does what you just say translate to actual real reality of mega for life? Like, you know, Republicans, they, they think what you're saying, but what they say is not what they're, what you said they're thinking. And that's the issue. Like, how am I supposed to trust? Them? All right, here we go. All the technology has to be built manufactured and developed within the united states at the hands of american That's workers fine. there you go if, if if a republican said what you just said i'd support them but right it's and like they the might is, they might think that but what they're coming out on a stump trail and saying is hi the election was a fraud put me back right. in power and guess what i'll deal with that not hey i have this great idea to compromise on green energy in which we come up with a system where we do a tax holiday instead of subsidies and like nobody's saying that to people why aren't they saying that to people you the know reason, but because once again you come back to that whole issue of donations outrage and constant outrage cycles outrage opens pocketbooks we yeah. know this we know right. this time and again outrage sells and we've we've talked about this constantly oh my god if i say if i say election fraud yay people are going to open up their wallets and throw money at me mm -hmm. but then the question is is what are you actually doing to address quote unquote election fraud right uh well i'm in power now i'm making sure okay, it doesn't but, happen 
but how? How are you doing that? Well, I'm in because, power now. Because it never happened. So it's exactly. real easy to say I'm protecting you from something that was never it, happened. What was it they figured? Is they're, they're based on the number of uh, prosecutions right now. There has been a 0.3, I think it's a 0.36% mm-hmm. election fraud potentially. It's somewhere between 360 and 400 cases over the last yeah. 10 years. And, and, and that's every election cycle is, mm-hmm. is what it boils down to. And, and so it's well within the normal and acceptable and would not have changed anything. Right. And so, so when you're looking at like a 0.36%, um, right. you know, rate of fraud, like, I mean, if you like, that's the thing is, is like, Oh my God, that sounds like, let me tell you something how much of your stuff runs 99% of the time? When you think about it, your internet connection doesn't run 99% of the time, believe it or not. You can look at your agreement and I guarantee you that your internet only has to be up 95% of the time or 90% of the time, depending on your company. As a business, we have to negotiate really heavily to get five nines. That's 99.999%. And to put that into perspective, that's like, down for i want to say like eight hours total right unplanned outages i get it even lysol says it kills 99.9 percent of all bacteria they think it kills 100 percent, but they're never going to say that outright right well it's because they can't they really can't say that they can't because there's a bacteria out there that it won't kill exactly so and when you're telling humans. me <laughs> no they're virus uh, but, but if you tell me that something is 99.64% effective, mm. like that's pretty goddamn good. Like birth control is only 99% effective. Right. So that mean, you know, 36 times out of a thousand birth control doesn't work. That's not bad. Okay. That's not bad at all. That's, that's pretty decent. Those are pretty decent odds. <laughs> but, but when people, oh my God, election fraud, that's the, the thing is that election fraud has always been talked about, but uh-huh. it has never been politicized in quite this way. Right. And the thing is, is that when it comes down to it, all of those cases that have been prosecuted, it's because the system works. The system works. People have been caught. And right. funny enough, most of those cases of election fraud were Republicans. About two thirds of those cases have been people trying to vote extra for Donald Trump. Yeah. And about one third were people trying to vote for Democrats. And out of all of that, out of the, I'll just round it up easily, you know, and say 600 in this case, because there was a lot. Mm-hmm. 400 votes for Donald Trump, 200 votes for Joe Biden at a net of 200 votes for, you know, Donald Trump that were changed to, not, not legitimate. Right. None of that was enough to turn the tide of the election in, in any of those states. Uh-uh. So even if that had just taken place in one state, that w- that wouldn't have been enough to change anything. But that was nationwide. That's yeah. nationwide out of, you know, you're looking at 150 million votes. So at, at its top, as it, at its top number, MAGA couldn't beat Democrats. And the problem is, is, is that when you look at the ballots themselves, Republicans couldn't vote for Donald Trump because of how badly he handled things. And, right. and what I, and I say that, and, and I'm going to make a very large case for somebody like Asa Hutchinson, who I disagree with on so many things, but one of the things that he is correct on is, is that Donald Trump made it so that way he disqualified himself. He was a bad leader. Right. And that's, and that is what happened with Republicans is, is that Republicans who grew up with classic Republican ideals and ideologies said, I can't support this guy. Now here's where this gets fun. And I know that you love this. This is, I'm going to go into confirmation bias because the people who truly think that this whole thing was a fucking fraud, here's what's going to happen. If a Republican wins the, the next election, the next presidential election, the people who are saying that there's fraud in the system are going to say, see, look, the Republicans should have won the last election. The last election was, was, was flawed. Right. But 
if the Republicans lose the next election, they're going to say, see, look, the election system is still broken and is not legitimate. And that's the thing about confirmation bias is if you don't want the result to be true, you mm -hmm. will do everything in your power to say that it's illegitimate. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, you're just never going to convince that group of people that what has happened was free and fair and just not the result that you wanted. It doesn't matter. It wasn't that Republicans didn't win down ballot in places like Arizona. Right. They did. And they didn't, I, my they, buddy Adrian, they didn't take their, they, they didn't give up their seats and say, you know, the whole election was bad. The, the, nope. the, the Maricopa County recorder, my buddy, Adrian Fontes, mm -hmm. he lost his election. He lost his reelection bid. Yeah. So like if he was, you know, if he was quote unquote ballot fixing, man, I don't know anybody who's going to ballot fix themselves out of fucking office. I can tell you Joe Biden in Georgia is down 14 and Raphael Warnock is up 10 and Stacey mm -hmm. Abrams is even. So yeah, there there can be a discrepancy with the Absolutely. president and others, and that's fine. But and I my fully point, expect I fully expect I, Biden to be down in a lot of places because things haven't been run well. Right, but the, my point is, MAGA might have been in the Super Bowl once, but they didn't come close to winning it. And so to take those that same model and put it in another Super Bowl guarantees you're going to lose because players age. Donald Trump aged and he didn't age well. People no. aren't people. I always saw it as a boiling pot of water. MAGA was a boiling pot of water and eventually it would condense to just the bottom. And then it would just be a pan full of bubbles burning until it was nothing anymore, you know, because that's what it felt mm -hmm. like. And Donald Trump, you can go ahead and run, but people are going to be paying attention to what you're saying more. Like mm -hmm. we're more fact-based than we were. He hit us, he blindsided us, you know, but we've all had a chance to like rest and, and we, people are like paying attention. I saw it on Fox news. They were like, well, Trump said this, I don't understand why that would be. And they were starting to question his comments and that's all we need. People right. question your leaders. Why would you be anti-government just to support a politician? It doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to question everything, you should be questioning the person you're putting in the most faith in. And that's the thing is, is like what most people don't realize is, is like somebody like Liz Cheney voted with Trump's policies more than the yeah. quote unquote MAGA crowd did. 93% of the time, actually. Exactly. So if you were to me, here's the thing, like, if 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 you were to take conservatives like Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney and run them together as a uh -huh. president vice president combo, yeah, in the next election, not only would they win, but it would be a fucking landslide because, yeah. as we found out, eighty three percent of the country thinks that it's headed in the wrong direction, and that's the Republican Party and the uh -huh. Democratic Party. Yeah, and that's why Liz Cheney is like, I don't care. Unseat me, because I'm going to run for president or senator. <laughs> like, she doesn't right. care. She doesn't want to be a House fucking representative. She's bigger than that. She's a Cheney. And if a yep. Cheney isn't trying to be president, then I don't know what's going on. And if and she put that girl Cassidy Hutchinson as her running mate, they would kill it. <laughs> honestly, like honestly, like I said, if if you were to take uh, if if conservatives swallowed their pride long enough to vote, mm -hmm. like say a a Cheney Kinzinger or a, a Cheney Romney ticket, yeah, I it, like legitimately they would win hands down. Period. End mm -hmm. of story. And the the Democrats would have absolutely no chance of winning that election with right. the way things are going right now, I, and. But if they throw Donald Trump or a Rick DeSantis or, or a, yeah, Rick DeSantis, Ron, Ron, Ron DeSantis, whatever, Rick, Ron, Johnson, DeSantis, fuck them all. Florida man is what Florida I man. Him. If you throw Florida man into the election, Florida man's not going to win the election. It's going to cause no. it's going to, it's going to solidify the democratic side more than it right. will actually hurt. But because of how poorly things have been done by the Democrats and Joe Biden, uh -huh. if you took a centrist Republican, like Cheney Romney, which sure. I don't even know if you can call them centrist because they vote with Trump more often than not. Right. They would honestly mop the floor with the Democratic Party. It wouldn't be close. So I'm going to wrap up on two things because we're towards the end. 
I like the fact that Joe Biden's like, I can't do that as a president. Congress needs to do that. He's an inf- ineffective because he's trying to retool the system and give it the power back to the Congress. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Republicans are like, we don't want that power. We want it in a king. I don't like that. Nope, <laughs> you know? fuck that shit. And I really think that in the year, we're worried about Republicans, what we should be is worried about independence. We should be trying to get independence, their own party, so that they can fill in the role of what Republicans were. Well, so. I think I think in the, what the the independent Potter, uh, party would be would just be called the moderate party, because they're the people that typically they'll go to mm-hmm. the left one side, they'll go to the right one side, and whenever yeah. one party veers too far in one direction, they just go over to the other side. Right. So I I don't think they would. Well, I don't know. What do I know? Anyway, everybody, thank you for listening to Public Access America. We didn't really get to the Supreme Court rulings that I thought we would, but that's cool. (laughs) We'll be back next Thursday for a bigger discussion. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, Tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Stitcher, Smart, Stitcher Radio, Smart Radio, 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 Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access History, America. In History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.